This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. I'm Tim Hammett, co-founder and president at Visionary Wealth Advisors. Please join us for the Circuit of Success Summit, May 6th at the Four Seasons Hotel. The summit brings together the region's most influential leaders to share their ideas and insight into what defines success. This year's presenters include Mizzou coach Conzo Martin, Command Sergeant Tom Satterley, Bob Laughlin, Stacey Taubman, and Elizabeth Zucker. The Circuit of Success Summit, May 6th at Four Seasons Hotel. Get more information and register today at visionarywealthadvisors.com. You know, it's been said that success comes to those who wait. Belief started in the fourth grade. I believe that it's earned with the right attitude. And I had this nagging feeling. A great belief system. I was capable of so much more. And action every single day. In all the pursuits that we have in our lives, I think there's an element of suffering. When you mix that in with faith, courage, discipline, and most importantly, a vision. Never give up on yourself. That's when greatness happens. The Circuit of Success with Brett Gilliland. Welcome to the Circuit of Success. I'm your host, Brett Gilliland, and today you can see, I never know, Elizabeth, if you're on my left or your right when we're recording. I know what it is on the screen here, but uh, so we have Elizabeth Zucker with us today. How are you doing, Elizabeth? I'm great, thank you. Good. Well, it's great to have you. We uh, look forward to seeing you on uh, May 6th at the Circuit of Success Summit at the downtown uh, Four Seasons. We look forward to that and hearing your message. You've got a great story. And uh, But like all podcasts that we do here on the Circuit of Success, Elizabeth, we always have our people start with a really wide and big question is, what has made you the woman you are today? Well, I'm sure this is not the first time you've heard this is the answer. Um I would say it's my parents, right? And my siblings, my brothers. and the par- I was one of those really, really fortunate people who just had an incredible upbringing. And That's there wasn't awesome. much my parents wouldn't do for any of us. And more than anything, they spent quality time, um, I think, molding us and shaping us, but not to the point where we aren't our own individual people. So yeah. it, crazy parenting. Good so did they? Uh, so how many brothers do you have? I heard you say brothers plural. I have two. So I'm 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 not a typical middle child. I have okay. a older brother and a younger brother. My older brother is a much closer in age, um, and we're super we're very close, but also very competitive. Yeah. And then uh, my younger brother is six and a half years younger. Okay, and grew up in the greater St. Louis area, or where'd you grow up? So I was born in Northern Indiana in Fort Wayne, okay. but I went to high school here. So I think that probably makes me from here. That, that matters. The question of St. Louis, right? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's awesome. So you are the CEO of Interior Investments. And so not an investment firm. When I first heard that, when somebody recommended you to speak, I'm like, wait, we're an investment firm. Why would we have another an investment firm? Right. Uh, so we'll talk about that in a second. So you're the CEO of that, which is one of the most reliable contract office distribution companies in, in America, uh, really all over the world. Um, you are the YPO chairman of the board of directors, which is the highest seat uh, in that entire organization. So that's a big deal. You're on the arch grants and, and I'm sorry, but your Dukies, the Duke university did not win the NCAA tournament. You are a graduate of Duke university. So I'm sure you were cheering them on. Is that right? I was, um, I have to say though, I'm not sad that they got knocked out. Not because I'm, didn't want them to succeed, but watching those last two nail biters, I get so stressed out. I can't go to bed after the game. Even when they win, I feel like the, the buzzer, I, 
I'm like so tense that it affects my sleep. Yeah. Your sleep, your business life, your family life. Yeah. And I was in Hong Kong over the weekend, so I wouldn't have seen the the final anyway. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, that's good. So talk to us about, uh, obviously leadership. You're, you're playing a, a big role in a company, a big role in the organizations that you're a part of and the entrepreneurial space, especially with arts grants. I'm very familiar with YPO. There's, 27,000 chief executives around 130 countries. So that's amazing. But talk to us about, uh, to our listeners, a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of people in upper management that leads organizations. Talk to us about leadership and what you've learned by being around so many great people. So I would say um, what I have learned about leadership that probably is the biggest nugget is leading through influence. So you can lead through authority and when you own a business and you're the CEO, you can tell people what to do, but I don't find it effective. And it's actually been my non-for-profit work that probably taught me this Mm -hmm. um, more so with YPO than anywhere else. Because when you're going, um, when you were sitting around the table with peers and um, trying to influence them in a direction and get consensus, it's a completely different leadership skill set than telling somebody what to do. And I think once I discovered that, I could then apply it to every facet of my life, including um, my role as a parent. You can tell your kids what to do, and then they look at you and say, why? Yeah. (laughs) Why, 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 like 10 times. But if you can influence those around you by inspiration and um, getting them on the same um, thought pattern or just getting them to think the way you're thinking, and I think it's just a much more effective way to, to lead. So how do you do that? I mean, that's uh, obviously we can talk about that and it's easy to say, but it's, it's much, much harder to do. I think, I think passion or um, excitement about a topic. I think sometimes it's easy to underestimate um, the impact or influence you can have on another human being. If you're really excited about an idea and you're really committed to it and you're willing to do the hard work to execute and go toe to toe and work alongside somebody, I think it goes a long, long way. Um, and I think listening, just really listening and putting yourself in someone else's shoes allows you to understand where they're coming from and potentially influence their mindset. I like that. I'm, I'm writing notes. I'm a note taker. I like to learn from great people like yourself. So passion and listening, because I think it's true. I mean, if you, if you don't have passion about what you're doing, people see that very, very quickly. And it's really hard to follow, especially in leadership, somebody that's not passionate. So definitely agree with that. Let, let's talk about maybe a time in leadership where it was tough because we all have those roller coaster days, right? Where one, one part of the morning, you're maybe conquering the world and maybe at lunchtime, you feel like the world's crumbling. And then again, you're conquering the world in the afternoon again. But when was there a time you made a leadership decision that was not going to be popular? It was the right thing to do and it ended up working thinking of one. Um, I would say it probably comes to more individual choices with employees over my career in interior investments. And um, when I've gotten frustrated with somebody's an employee or coworkers response to a choice that we've made as an organization and um, been flippant and not put myself in their shoes and really thought about what it must have felt like to hear what was said to them from their perspective. I think if you, if you really think about, um, the impact of what you're saying or doing, what it has on other people, you're able to either reconsider and and say um, you were mistaken and wrong, which I'm not afraid to apologize and I'm not afraid to say I've made a mistake. I recognize I'm not perfect. 
But I think more than anything, um, if you realize you were correct and, and you kind of stand behind your choice and you take another go at maybe the why you made the decision you made with more empathy than you did the first time, I think it's usually pretty effective. Um, and I think too, um, one thing I think about a lot from as a leader is not only I'm insanely competitive, like to a fault. Competitive. <laughs> right. Um, I think, and I own it. I, I know I'm not, I'm not just competitive with other people. I'm competitive with myself. Yep. And I think it pushes me to always try to be the best me and recognize that I can't do things for other people. I can try, but they have to be the best, their best selves. And right. I just play the role of helping them be the best, their best selves. And, looking in the mirror and being self-aware. I like that. So I think the competitive side is a big deal. And so when you think about that, I think you got to be a student of the game. So how do you stay a student of the game in the crazy busy world that you live? And you've mentioned children. So how many kids do you have? I have three. Okay. So three um, kids. They're amazing. So yeah, I have a 14 year old and a 12 year old. They're both boys. And then I have an eight year old daughter. Okay. And um, they're completely different people with completely different, um, dreams and ideas and how they're going to impact the world. And, um, I, I'm so happy I have three because they each bring different joys to my yeah. life. So they're, they're interesting. You asked, um, how I stay current as a leader. Yeah. I am fully committed to lifelong learning. Um, I don't think anybody ever stopped. I think if you take it on as a lifelong choice and a journey and you recognize that it never stops, um, I read, Yep. And more than anything, if I spot a good leader, I keenly watch what they're doing and how they're doing it. And I try to um, absorb as much of that talent and instinct and insight as I can. And um, I think I try to never stop growing or just recognizing that um, that there's more out there. Yep. So when you, th when you think about reading, are you reading articles, you're reading books or what are you, uh, stuff in your industry, personal growth type stuff? What are you reading? I don't read a lot in my industry candidly. Um, I, I really don't. I, well, that's not true. I don't read about furniture per se, but I love right. reading about thought leadership around workplace strategies, collaboration, anything that would tie into creating a great place to work that interests me. Um, I love Peter Drucker. Uh, he's, probably in my opinion, the best thought leader out there. Oh, yeah. And when I was elected in March, um, as the chairman or the global chairman elect of YPO. So my yeah. tenure doesn't actually start till July one. Ah. Um, uh, someone who I cherish deeply sent me a stack of, I can show you, hang on. Yeah. Just a stack of, and one's missing a stack. Oh, look of at that. And not only did he kindly send me this stack of books, he also sent me the order in which he would recommend I read them. <laughs> so not only here's the books, but here's the way you're going to read them. Exactly. So um, uh, books like Bold from Peter, Di Peter Diamandis. And um, I mean, he's kind of all over the place, honestly. Um, Seneca. So, I mean, I, I like reading. Um, and I don't always read from cover to cover. And if I don't like a book, I don't finish it. <laughs> right. Yep. I'm struggling with one right now, but I, yeah, I'm a 10 page guy. 10 pages a day is my deal. If I can read 10 pages every single day, minimally, you're going to end up reading, you know, 20 to 25 books a year. So, uh, that, that it is, it is a lot. It is a lot. So, um, what are your hab habits and rituals? I mean, uh, obviously with three children, the, you're traveling all over the world from Hong Kong to Boston to St. Louis and everywhere in between. What is the no miss items for Elizabeth Zucker? 
Well, so I've lined up a little bit. So I am an avid um, exerciser. Okay. So I pick it up at 4.30 every Ooh. single day. Like, didn't matter where I was, what city I was in. I had to get a workout in. And it wasn't about um, weight or, or fit. It's more about um, it's what I need to kind of take the edge off. And, yeah. and really, um, my children always say, you're so much, you're such a better mom when you've worked out. <laughs> mom, go work out. It's a little, it's a little release for me, Yeah. but I think, um, with more travel and age, I've also found other things that help balance me, like, um, meditating, just being mindful, taking 10 minutes to try to calm my mind and, um, open it up to relax and, and also let myself off the hook. So I'm not, I, I'm not as disciplined as I once was. Yep. I've also really gotten, um, tuned into sleep. So I wear an aura ring. I don't know if you've Oh heard yeah, that. I just heard about that literally like a month ago. So. It's the coolest thing. So I heard um, this doctor who's um, Canadian speak about, he did a study with a basketball team where he basically told them he was convinced they can improve their performance just through two additional hours of sleep a night. And wow. so they started tracking their sleep and had nothing to do with training or nutrition, right. nothing other than just giving them two additional hours of sleep. I think it made me realize that um, there's three kind of legs to that stool. There's exercise, what you put into your body, and if you sleep at night and take care of it. And his research is all around how your brain actually flushes itself out of its toxins when you get in certain types of sleep. And wow. you have to have enough sleep to hit REM deep. I mean, if you're only sleeping five, six hours, you're not getting that full spectrum. And um, you're just not as sharp intellectually. So what time do you go to bed then if you're getting up at 4.30 in the morning? I don't go to 4.30 every day anymore. Okay. I've actually gotten much more flexible. All right. So sometimes I work out during the day and I come back to the office. And sometimes yep. I work out in the evening. Sometimes I hop on a bike with one of my kids and go bike riding. So yep. I used to do classes every day at 4.30 or yep. meet my running group. Um, but I do go to bed by 10. Okay. Well, that's nice. See, my problem with that is, is uh, so I have four children. I don't know if I said that earlier. So I have four kids, 13, 11, almost nine, almost five. I, you know, it's like, you know, I'm preaching to the choir here, but it's like, you go, you run and gun all day long. You, you can't see, I've got my Peloton right over here in the corner of my office. I figured I got to bring it. Do you like it? Do you love it? I thought I would like it, but I didn't know how much, how competitive I would be on it. I, um, yeah. I thought it wouldn't be as good as taking like a cycle bar class, but it's more about competing against yourself. Right. And I a little bar on the right side's a bad thing for me. <laughs> and I've never done a live class actually. I do okay. all ones. Those are pretty cool because I find myself I work out harder during that because I'm chasing the guy or gal in front of me, and I'm usually like. I'm only 41 years old. Why is this 70-year-old man beating me? Oh. <laughs> it's like, this is incredible. There's so. nothing more frustrating than seeing a, I mean, you can't see it when you're on the Peloton, but I right. mean, seeing a cycle bar class and somebody who looks like they're completely out of shape just destroys you. This is Brett Gilliland with Circuit of Success. We'll be right back. I'm Tim Hammett, co-founder and president at Visionary Wealth Advisors. Please join us for the Circuit of Success Summit, May 6th at the Four Seasons Hotel. The summit brings together the region's most influential leaders to share their ideas and insight into what defines success. This year's presenters include Mizzou coach Conzo Martin, Command Sergeant Tom Satterley, Bob Laughlin, Stacey Taubman, and Elizabeth Zucker. The Circuit of Success Summit, May 6th at Four Seasons Hotel. Get more information and register today at visionarywealthadvisors.com. 
Welcome back to the Circuit of Success. I'm Brett Gilloway and your host. Let's dive back into this week's guest. Uh, I think I was going down the path of I, I like my own time. So it's maybe it's 10 o'clock at night and I like what I call Brett time of finally kids are in bed and nobody wants anything is just be able to even do nothing but think. So how do you do that? I mean, so, I mean, do you get think time? Do you build in strategy time? When are you doing all that stuff? I do it when I travel. When I'm on a plane, especially a longer flight, yeah. it is my time. It's my time to read. It's my time to sit and do nothing. It's my time to watch a series on Netflix and forgive yeah. myself for potentially yeah. wasting time. <laughs> um, but when I'm home, when I'm in St. Louis, um, I really don't take much me time and I'm, and I'm okay with it. I'm not resentful. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure you've mentioned your kids are of a similar age. My kids are of the age now where they don't wear me out. They're fun. Yeah. I mean, we can do stuff together. We can go out for great meals together. We can ride bikes. We can run. We can play games. I mean, my daughter put, got her little finger out at me last night. I picked her up from gymnastics. She said, Mommy, I want to destroy you right now in rummy. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I want to destroy like, you in rummy. You can't you. beat that game. You. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Don't That's let the kids mom. win, right? I never let my kids win. That's right. I'm in the same camp. My wife and I both, my wife and I, we'll like run around the house, see who can beat each other, run around the house and you know, a certain amount of time just to beat the kids. So, uh, I agree. but I think that's good for them. Um, how do you, and, and maybe you don't have a lot of this, but how do you help the, that I always call it the little guy over here in my shoulder that maybe gives me some negative self-talk. How do you, how do you smack that guy or gal off your shoulder and tell them to leave you alone? I would say as a general comment, I was born an optimist. I, um, I think there are people that the glass is half empty every day and yeah. they fight it. And there are people that the glass is half full. I really don't. Um, I, I sometimes feel bad about choices I've made or things I've said when I'm tired or frustrated that I could have said them in a much more compassionate or kinder way to another individual. I, yeah. I always feel lousy if I've hurt somebody's feelings. Um, intentionally or unintentionally and never feel bad when I make somebody feel bad about themselves. Yeah, yeah. But, um, I don't have a ton of negativity in my life. And if I do, I either distance myself from the people that bring it to me yeah. or I tell them, um, I think I mean, even as an employer, when I hire someone on an interview, it is the thing that I probably assess. If somebody comes across to me as neutral to negative, it will never work. Right. Yeah, that's good. That's a you know, hire with some uh, extreme amount of diligence, right? I don't know if you have you read the book by Matthew Kelly called uh, Culture Solution. No, it just came out in January and add it to your stack of books over there. But the Culture Solution by Matthew Kelly, phenomenal book, uh, just about culture, and it talks about that hire with extreme diligence and uh, you know just taking our time, but hiring the right people. So uh, food for thought. I want to go back to habits and rituals. So what are the no miss things for you? So you got exercise, obviously, is one of them. Uh, what else is there? Um, you know, I try to talk to someone that is important to my life outside of work, like one person at least once a day and just, or sometimes it's not even speaking on the phone. Like I try to very intentionally, if I have a thought about someone in my life that's positive or I want to, I have a memory or I see something that reminds me of them. Yep. I used to keep it to myself. I share it. Yep. I love to share my thoughts with other people if it makes them feel good and they don't even have to respond. I don't do it because I expect something in return. I do it because showing gratitude to me is like the best feeling in the entire world for me. 
Right. So it helps you in, in your process throughout the day because you know you've given back to others and, and help somebody else feel good about themselves, hopefully, right? Mm-hmm. So um, now let's talk about how you prepare for tough meetings or even a tough uh, discussion. So if you know if you know you got a meeting with me later today and you know it's going to be a tough meeting and you're going to either deliver some tough news, bad news, whatever it may be, how do you mentally prepare and, and physically prepare for that meeting? I always put a couple bullets on a note card. I'm like a huge note card person. I have stacks of them. And the funny part is I learn through um, writing. It's how I kind of institutionalize something in my memory. So if I'm going to do a speech or talk, I don't typically use a teleprompter. But if I've written it myself, and then I just have a couple bullets to make sure I don't get lost somewhere in the middle, I seem to do okay. I don't think I mentioned this previously for me, authenticity is the key to everything. So I try not to over rehearse or or can a conversation with anyone, um, a large audience or a coworker, an employee or my kids. I try to just be authentic and hit the big points and allow it to be natural in that moment. Um, And if I get frustrated, I walk away. I don't, I try not to get take my frustration out on others if I can help it. And if I do, I apologize. And wouldn't you also think that I, I'm a, I love meditation as well, but I think the, the better and longer down the path you get with meditation is you can almost meditate in that tough meeting. Wouldn't you agree? I think breathing helps a lot and almost <laughs> stepping outside of yourself. Um, yeah. So I have a, I don't know, are you familiar with the muse headband? I haven't used it. It's in the box no. on my dining room table. So, um, So this is a device that you put on your head and it it tracks your brain waves and um, it allows you to tell when your mind's wandering and you're not calming your mind and it it chirps like a little bird. (laughs) You're doing this while you're meditating? You meditate with it. It helps you meditate. So I don't know how you meditate, but you know, some people, I think if you practice the art, you can do it on your own. A lot of people use, um, like a Sam Harris app or yeah. something to help. Yeah, I use either headspace or, um, or I've been actually doing the Peloton, uh, on the app. I don't know if you use the app besides the I did, but I didn't know there's meditation. On oh, there. it's awesome. Yeah. So um, I like it. Yeah. So I think that, um, there's all different ways to do it. Um, I used to practice a ton of yoga that helps, I think, um, just is, you know, you quiet your body, quiet your mind. Yep. Um, I like that. So, so those are the big habits, obviously eating, I'm assuming is one of those as well. I am outwork a diet, right? I think a lot about what I put into my body and, um, I'm not, uh, militant about it. I enjoy food. I love food. But I think a lot about um, the quality of what I put in my body. And I'm trying to get better about um, that with my kids, too. So I think when your kids are on the go, it's sometimes the fast choice or the easy choice seems like the right one. But I'm really, for myself, I really try not to eat processed foods at all, um, which is actually not hard. No. Um, so tell me how that's not hard because I, uh, well, like today I'm looking at my Chick-fil-A cup over here. I was at about 15 minutes, but I did grab the grilled chicken sandwich and fruit, which is better than the fries and the, you know, fried sandwich or whatever. Yeah, I like their kale, that little kale salad too. Yeah. I think that Chick-fil-A is as good as it gets if you got to get fast food, um, right. for sure. But, um, I just try not to eat as much of the processed foods that have coloring and sugar, um, yeah. I'm fortunate as I've aged, sugar just doesn't, I just don't care for it. That's good. Um, Do you guys meal prep at home at all? 
Well, so I know, but okay. So I used to cook a ton. It used to be a priority. It used to be what I think in some ways made me feel like a good mom. If I cooked a good dinner, my kids yeah. are so busy. They're not all in one place for a single point in time ever. Maybe that's my excuse or my justification. Um, it's true. I'd rather pick up healthy food for them on my way home from work and spend my hour or two connecting with them, doing something versus cooking a good meal that they don't care if I made it or not, honestly. Right. And my time is prepping, cooking, and cleaning the kitchen versus having a conversation and going on a bike ride or playing a board game. Yeah, they're going to remember that. I like this. So where do you get that from? I don't know, but breakfast I do cook. Every day, I cook <laughs> people think I'm insane. Like I cook breakfast, and I'm like a short order cook too. So I like it. Fried? You want them scrambled? You That's want right. avocado toast? You like fruit cut up? Like I give them because I feel like I guess my parents, my mom, beat that into me. Start like, the day right. It doesn't work if you don't eat, which That's is not right. true if you look at actually time restricted eating. No, you're <laughs> right. But <laughs> so let's talk about fears, and I think I'm assuming because I'm a glass half full type person too. But sometimes we have those fears in our mind, and I always like to ask people the fears that you have put in your mind throughout your career. How many of those have actually blown up to the magnitude you put them in your mind to be? I don't have career fear, like big career fears, because I guess I've always felt like you can hit the reset button and start over. As long as you're ethical and you treat people well, it, your reputation is really right. all you have, especially in right. St. Louis. Everybody knows everybody. That's right. And if you, if you have good values and, and you make ethical, good choices, whether your business would succeed or fail, I feel like you could start over and, and the trust would be there and the integrity would be there, yeah. even if it wasn't financially successful. Yeah. Um, so I guess my a fear would be if I ever got to the point where I made an unethical or I just can't ever see, I don't think I could live with it's myself. Not yeah. That's just not something I think I have in me. Um, so work, I don't have a ton of fears. But I'll tell you as a parent, I have I, my biggest fear is that I don't create, I don't instill in my children what my parents instilled in me, which is the ability to create my own happiness. And you can educate your kids, you can buy them things, you can do all sorts of things, but you can't always control their ability to create their own happiness. And if you can influence that in your children, there's not much they can't accomplish and um, they'll be happy, right? This is Brett Gilliland with Circuit of Success. We'll be right back. I'm Tim Hammett, co-founder and president at Visionary Wealth Advisors. Please join us for the Circuit of Success Summit, May 6th at the Four Seasons Hotel. The summit brings together the region's most influential leaders to share their ideas and insight into what defines success. This year's presenters include Mizzou coach Conzo Martin, Command Sergeant Tom Satterley, Bob Laughlin, Stacey Taubman, and Elizabeth Zucker. The Circuit of Success Summit, May 6th at Four Seasons Hotel. Get more information and register today at visionarywealthadvisors.com. Welcome back to the Circuit of Success. I'm Brett Gilloway and your host. Let's dive back into this week's guest. So let's talk about those values you mentioned. So when you look at a, a business relationship or a personal relationship, do you have defined values like, you know, trust, respect, all those types of things? Do you have those kind of identified and what's important to you? I, for me, trust is, I, I don't know how you have any relationship, personal, business, anything without trust. Yep, I would hard agree. Work is a big deal. Integrity, trust, and hard work are probably the three for me. Yeah. Uh, and transparency. Like I like to know where I stand and um, 
I really appreciate it when somebody tells me when I've said or done something that's hurt them or wasn't didn't feel right to them. And I take the opportunity to do the same for others because I don't know how you grow as a person without that feedback. Yep. I would agree. So talk about the, uh, I don't know how old you are and it doesn't matter, but you know, maybe the, the 30 year old, the 35 year old, uh, whatever year you want to pick, what would you go back and tell that person, uh, if you could. Hmm. So when I was 30, I just had my first child like six weeks before that. So I, um, you know, I would say in my twenties and thirties, I didn't enjoy life like I do now. Like yeah. I actually am present today and I, when I'm with someone, I am 80% of the time fully present. And if I'm not present, I own it and say, Hey, I need to, I need to answer this text or this is distracting me. Do you mind if I right. step out and make a phone call? Um, I think my life lived me in my twenties and thirties. And mm. I think now I live my life and, um, I don't know what shifted other than, um, I kind of tapped into my vulnerability. I think I used to value um, this aggressive toughness um, or competitiveness, and now I see it quite differently. Um, I think I love emotion and vulnerability, and um, I would, if I had it to do over again, I would tap into it probably sooner versus later. Yep. But thankfully, I have some more years. I hope. <laughs> that's right. That's right. So I, and that's my next question you'll see on here is, is how do we slow down and enjoy the journey? And, and would you say, and this is, I don't mean to make, give you an answer that's going to make you sound arrogant because you're not that way, but would you say that that has come and enjoying the success, or I shouldn't say the success, enjoying the journey has come with success? Because I think when you're in your 20s and 30s, right, you're, you're out there, you're Elizabeth Zucker, you're trying to make a name for yourself, you're trying to get ahead, right, you're, you're being ethical, you're trustworthy, you're doing all the things you got to do. But I, in my opinion, I think it's tough. What I have seen now at 41 is I can start to enjoy things more than I could at 31 because I was so worried about kind of my goals and my dreams and my aspirations. And I think once you kind of, not that we ever get there per se, but I think it's easier when we're at this age and you've had some success in our lives. I think when you can see the fruit, I completely agree. Whether it's um, your kids growing up or it's your coworkers or your employees really get like kind of stepping into their own and growing. I mean, there's nothing more rewarding than seeing growth in another human yep. being. And you know, you've been a part or a tiny piece of that ability yep. for them to excel or grow. Yeah. Earlier in your career, that's much harder because the wins are, shorter term or more immediate and you don't have all of that experience to look back on. So for sure, I think the further you get into your journey, the easier it is to step back and, and take a deep breath and enjoy it. Yep. Um, but I think it's also important not to take your eye off the ball, right? I mean, I, I can't imagine retiring at 65 or right. not working or not being on boards of non-for-profits and not, um, I, I just, I can't imagine. Um, Sounds I'm terrible. Pretty, my intensity is pretty high. Yeah. I'm okay with, um, my dad always teases me that I have two speeds on and off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're either a hundred mile an hour or you're zero miles per hour. Right. Well, I right. got, I mean, I got to think that's what's helped you. I mean, obviously in your career at interior investments, but also, I mean, when you're the chairman of the board of YPO, you've got a lot of hard charging, or I'm soon, soon to be chairman of the board of YPO. There's a lot of hard charging 27,000 of them 
that also are built a lot like you and I, right? Yeah, I mean, everybody is successful, but they all, it all came about a different way. And so I think yeah. for me, the interesting part about YPO as an organization is learning those stories of each individual member when you touch them and, and, and having a deeper understanding of how, how they ended up where they ended up. And a lot of them have failed many times or have had terrible um, tragedies in their life and have been resilient and rebounded or um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm a, I'm an extrovert and I don't mean that in the sense that I'm overly outgoing, but I get my energy through others. And so yeah. I think I've come to own that as I've gotten older and I realize that I, they're my, other people are my fuel. They are what make me happy and they're where my energy comes from. And so if I can surround myself with 27,000 smart people who are incredibly successful and giving, and um, we have this unbelievable safe haven of trust, it's like a, it's like the, it's like an oil refinery <laughs> for me, <laughs> yeah, exactly. uh, where I just drink it all in and um, I give back as much as I can yeah. to other people. I just, it's an amazing organization. It really uh, is. You mentioned Arch Grants at the beginning. Um, it's funny. I never saw myself getting involved with Arch Grants. I, I didn't really know that much about them, but the thing that really got me was I thought like, as my kids graduated from college, would they ever want to move back to St. Louis? And, and work and live in this ecosystem other than hopefully they would want to come back and be near me. <laughs> and um, I thought I have this opportunity to help change the narrative for yeah. St. Louis. And, and if we can attract entrepreneurs and startups to come to our city, which is absolutely an amazing place to live and grow and, and have a business, um, that would be an incredible thing to yep. do. And, um, so and it's, I, happening. I, it's happening in the city. It really is. It is. It is happening. And it just breaks my heart when you see the negative narrative about St. Louis, because St. Louis is an incredibly wonderful place to own a business, yeah. raise your children and to be a part of a community. Um, I can't think of a better place. I a hundred percent agree. So many people like to take the negative approach and focus on that. And it's a shame. Well, that's why they're not talking to people like you and I, cause we're not doing that. <laughs> We, we take right. them out of our life, right? We them so over. We're going to leave a lot of stuff for May 6th at the Circuit of Success Summit. We want to just take a little sneak peek into your life. And uh, where can our listeners find more of you? Are you a social media person? Uh, a little bit. So um, I'm on Instagram, but that could be because I like to monitor my children. <laughs> exactly. I'm not on Facebook. And I find this fascinating. Um, I have no desire. Yeah. No desire to be on Facebook. And I'm confident my kids will never be on Facebook either because they think it's like, it's like a dinosaur. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. You and my um, wife might be the only two people I know not on, on Facebook. So yeah, I mean, I good. really have no interest um, in that voyeurism. Of course I'm on LinkedIn. I think you can't be a business professional and not be on LinkedIn. Um, you got to check out your customers and your competition, right? That's I, right. That's right. Um, but yeah, I'm not huge on social media. Awesome. Um, you asked what I read. I love the economist too. I'm a loser. Oh yeah. And Harvard Business Review, and I listened to the BBC. Oh, <laughs> uh, good. So. I like it. Well, thank you, uh, Elizabeth Zucker, for sharing your insights with us. We greatly appreciate you being on the Circuit of Success. It was great spending time with you today. Well, thanks for having me, and I'll see you on May 6th. Broadcasting live from the John Beaver Studios, you're listening to the Big 550 KTRS. Good vibration.
Welcome back to the Jennifer and Jay Show. There is a really cool event coming up on Monday, May 6th at the Four Seasons called the Circuit of Success, Summit by Visionary Wealth Advisors. And in the studio with us now are Brett Gilliland and Tim Hammett. They're co-founders of Visionary Wealth Advisors. And also, uh, Brett is host of the Circuit of Success Show, which is here on KTRS on Sunday afternoons. That's right. Thank you both so much for joining us. We're glad to be here. Thank you. So tell us a little bit about the event on Monday, May 6th. Yeah, it's going to be a great event. Uh, we've got a lot of great speakers coming in. As uh, you probably know, Conzo Martin, uh, head coach of Missouri basketball. We've got Bob O'Laughlin, who I know is a friend of KTRS. Absolutely. Uh, we've got Tom Satterley, who's a military, uh, I would call him the military hero, just here in St. Louis. And then we have uh, Stacy Taubman and Elizabeth Zucker, uh, all going to speak on one day. And it's just going to be a great event. Our mission in our firm is to uh, help people uh, achieve a future greater than their past. And so that's what we're really helping them try to do. How do people register for this? Uh, you can go to visionary.com, visionarywealthadvisors.com, and uh, fill out your application there. Great. What, what are the topics that uh, we would expect to hear from Conzo Martin and uh, and others? Yeah, I think, you know, Conzo, you're going to hear him talk about uh, character, about values, uh, what it takes. I mean, obviously his job, he's a basketball coach, and it's about wins and losses, but at the same time, he's building he's building men that are going to go on and, and come to the you know, the, the St. Louis community and, and work. And I know there's people right now that are graduating and come here and be bankers and some other things. And so you're going to hear him talk about how to build character and build values in men. And how did you two uh, come to co-found the company? What's your history? Well, that's a good question. Uh, about five years ago, we just celebrated our fifth anniversary this month. And uh, Brett and I have had a good working relationship for probably 17 years. And we had a vision really for our clients and our team members and a very strong alignment and values, I would say. So what is it you do for people? Yeah, so we help people, uh, like I said earlier, achieve a future greater than their past. I mean, who doesn't want that, right? And so uh, we help them with investment planning, estate planning. It may be uh, retirement planning, college planning for their kids. But really, our focus is to build the relationship. And we've said the word a lot with values, but build that values-based relationship and help them uh, achieve the things that are most important to them. So let's talk about young people like our producer, Ethan Macaluso. At what age should somebody get started with you? Well, I think any age. We always say from the cradle to the grave, you know. And so I think if, if you're like Ethan over here and you're a young man and a bright future, I mean, I think you certainly want to at least sit down with somebody. I had a call in last week from a, a client who's a daughter of a client of ours. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, she's young. She's getting married. And, you know, we'll help set her on her path. But then we've also got people that are retired and, you know, ultra successful and wealthy, and they need that relationship, and someone's going to help guide them that they can trust. Sure, Ethan's got his whole future in front of him, but me, me, it's over <laughs> with. I mean, I just give up, or should I still come see you? I got nothing. Well, I would say no, it's never too late. Uh, it really isn't. I think there's a financial literacy, you know, crisis really in the U.S., probably globally, that even from children as they are born and uh, and they learn what is their you know their relation to money, young adults and even retiree people, it's it's intergenerational you know and there's really never too it's never too late to start. Because if you're like sorry to interrupt, I think if you're like most people, we call it the treadmill of life, right? You you come in, you do your thing every day, you go home, it's whatever you do at night, and you get up and you just get on this treadmill. And so our job is to take people off that treadmill and help them slow down and think about the things they need to really worry about. That sounds wonderful. Some people are um, reluctant investors. How, how do you gauge where people are and, and 
how you can help them. Yeah, I think it's, it's sitting down and having a conversation. Yeah, because we don't if I, if I don't know you at all and I don't know your situation, well, then I've got to ask a lot of great questions. And so we don't want to tell people. We want to ask them the questions and, and really help them. We always say people have their own Pandora's box inside, right? And they're only going to let so many people know what that is. And it's our job to kind of open that Pandora's box and get to know you and what's important to you and, and what your dreams are. And then then we can help you. I think everybody has a life story. You know, everybody, there's there's certain things in their past that have affected their thoughts, feelings, and actions. I think if we understand that, then we'll know where to meet them today. Great. The event is the Circuit of Success Summit by Visionary Wealth Advisors. It's Monday, May 6th, 8.30 a.m. to 4 p.m. And Tim, again, how can people sign up for this? Uh, go to www.visionarywealthadvisors.com. And Brett, do people call into your show? I'm sorry I haven't listened yet. Well, I figured I you had. I figured you were a big listener. And, uh, I am, Brett. And you, I knew yeah, you yeah. were. I knew you were the number one fan that wrote in all well, the time. Well, I got nothing. I got nothing. Well, I got to do something. That's true. You got to do something yeah. Sunday at 4 <laughs> o'clock, But right? people can go to KTRS.com and listen to you, too. Absolutely. They can go to thecircuitsuccess.com. They can go to KTRS, KTRS.com and, and find all the shows. We've had, you know, from Ozzie Smith to Jim Edmonds to Dan McLaughlin, uh, lots of just business leaders here in St. Louis, big authors, John O'Leary, Jason Selk here locally. So great. lots of great people, and it's amazing how much they're willing to give time to give Absolutely. back to the community. That's I'll make cool. sure that I don't let him forget that most people don't listen. <laughs> <laughs> I do. That's right. Greg Gilliland and Tim Hammett, thank you so much for joining us. And thank continue you for Good us. luck. This is KTRS, the Big 550. Thanks for listening to The Circuit of Success. I am your host, Brett Gilliland, and each and every single week, we're going to bring you a great guest, whether that's a a business leader, a professional sports star, an author, whatever it is, we're going to bring you as much as we possibly can to help you live your best life. And so we look forward to bringing that to you every single week. If you want more on our firm, Visionary Wealth Advisors, check us out online at visionarywealthadvisors.com. You can also find the show's website at circuitofsuccess.com. We'll be back next week with another great guest on The Circuit of Success. I'm Tim Hammett, co-founder and president at Visionary Wealth Advisors. Please join us for the Circuit of Success Summit, May 6th at the Four Seasons Hotel. The summit brings together the region's most influential leaders to share their ideas and insight into what defines success. This year's presenters include Mizzou coach Conzo Martin, Command Sergeant Tom Satterley, Bob Laughlin, Stacey Taubman, and Elizabeth Zucker. The Circuit of Success Summit, May 6th at Four Seasons Hotel. Get more information and register today at visionarywealthadvisors.com. This podcast was a presentation of lineupmedia.fm.